Today on episode number 583, we've got a really cool Because of My Podcast story. Glenn the Geek is going to report on what he learned from the radio guys at Podcast Movement. And Addy Saucedo from the Podcast Planner is going to help us podcast with razor sharp focus. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I'm your very own personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, I bring my 12 plus years of podcasting experience, strap that along with my 20 years of helping people understand technology, and I'm going to help you massage your message, tackle that technology. Face your fears, flatten the learning curve, and not just get you starting podcasting. Look, you can go watch a bunch of old outdated YouTube videos for that. I'm going to get you podcasting in the right direction, headache-free, as a digital influencer that goes out and changes your world. Our website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, and that will save when you sign up. Well, for years I've been telling people... You know, you really need a podcast. In fact, I was at Podcast Mid-Atlantic this weekend, which is basically kind of New Jersey, Philly. Great time. I'll talk a little more about that. And I met this one guy that I was just like, oh, you have to start a podcast. And I say that pretty much every week. Oh, and it's not because I want you to come join the School of Podcasting, although I do want you to come join the School of Podcasting, but it's because of the influence that you can have on your world and the fact that people end up doing things and talking to people and having opportunities open up. I heard a bunch of these this weekend and I don't know, can you imagine like doesn't isn't every mother's dream for her for her little boy to grow up and be a doctor? Why don't you go up and be a doctor? Well, can you imagine growing up becoming a doctor and then going, "Hey, ma, guess what?" I'm going to quit being a doctor and do podcasting full time. Yeah, that's what. And I don't know why Ryan sounds like I don't, Ryan doesn't talk like this. He's not uh, an old gangster. I don't know what's going on. I'm very tired. But check this out. Dr. Ryan Gray. Check out this because of my podcast story. So, Dave, because of my podcast, I've been able to leave a career as a physician. I went to medical school. And now I don't practice anymore because a few years before I left practice, I had started this little thing called a website and then a podcast and it grew and grew and grew. And I was fortunate. I had some health issues that kind of got me out of the practice I was in. I was in the military and they wouldn't let me do some things that I really loved doing because of uh, some new diagnoses. And I had this podcast and I was like, let's maybe grow this. And talked to my wife about it and we decided to to try full-time podcasting and consulting with my audience. I left the military and I had one podcast at the time. This was July of 2015. Right at that same time, I went to Podcast Movement, decided after leaving Podcast Movement that I needed more shows. I listened to how the big networks cross-promote And I went and found some other shows to start and form some relationships with other people in my niche. Now I'm four shows in, ready to do some more. I just published my first book. It's doing very well, all because of my podcast that I started, growing one listener at a time, growing one audience member at a time. And hopefully what I'm hoping to do is change the culture 
of pre-meds, which students that want to go to medical school. That has been my mission from day one is collaboration, not competition. The pre-med world is very cutthroat, very negative. I'm hoping to change that one listener at a time. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, Ryan. You can find him at mededmedia.com as well as medicalschoolhq.net. I'll have links to those out at the website, schoolofpodcasting.com slash 583. One of my favorite people on the planet is Glenn the Geek Hebert of the Horse Radio Network. And I'm, it's really weird to uh, speak of Glenn and, and Mark Johansson and Chris Kermitsos and Katie and all the folks down there in Florida because as I record this, they're in the middle of a hurricane. So just know my thoughts are with everyone in Florida and John Lee Dumas down in Puerto Rico. Uh, I, I think I've been thinking about you guys a lot. I hope you are safe. But I recorded this right after Podcast Movement. And one of the things that was different this year, Podcast Movement, was the fact that there were radio people there. Radio people are starting to finally wake up to the power of podcasting. And I wanted to get some insights from Glenn the Geek And he wanted to share some insights. So it was a great mix and match because I didn't really get a chance to speak to that many radio people, but Glenn did. And here are his reflections of what he learned from speaking with radio people at Podcast Movement. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you very much, Dave. Appreciate it. I'm so happy to talk to you about this because I've been dying to talk to somebody about, about, you know, the reflections on the day, which you did last week. But I really was hoping we'd get into conversation of what you saw as the future of podcasting, because I think this event, and I don't know how you felt because you were kind of working, but everybody I talked to had had the same feeling that this felt different this year. It definitely felt more corporate. There were a lot of radio guys there that were there looking at getting into podcasting, either with their radio networks, with their radio stations, with their, or they were they were DJs and hosts that were looking at doing podcasts. I sat in a couple of the radio sessions, which I thought were very interesting. I spoke to some of the radio executives that were there, had long conversation with one of them. And they're, you know, they're losing revenue on the radio side, too, just like magazines and, and uh, banner ads. You know, they're losing revenue. But they're also losing revenue on the radio side. And they're seeing as podcasting as an opportunity to supplement or, or at least you know, make up for what they're losing on, on the radio side. So it, I don't know how you felt, but I, it was a different vibe this year. Well, for me, I, I thought it was a little different just because we were spread out a little more and that's just kind of be a natural consequence. The bigger we get, the more, the bigger the venue we need, the bigger the venue, the more we all kind of spread out. And it was kind of interesting because I expected to see a lot of radio people and I personally didn't, but you got to hang out with a bunch of radio people. That's awesome. What I just went up to them <laughs> because uh, I went to the con- the radio session, so I knew who they were. Nice. And I just went up and talked to them. And, and a couple of them were, were really chatty. So that was kind of cool. And, you know, of course, there was a conversation going around, as there has been for, the, what, the last year. We had this conversation at PodFest back in February about what happens now that the big money, and I mean big money is getting into this now. What happens to us little guys, right? What happens to all of us out here with no money <laughs> doing our thing? 
And I said this after this question came up after the, we showed the messengers and I, I, I thought about my answer and then I was talking to some other people and I've kind of clarified my answer a little bit and I've never heard it talked about this way before. We now have two groups of listeners. Not only do we have corporate podcasts and independent podcasts, but now we have two groups of listeners and those two groups our one group who came in when it was only us independents, when it was the artsy-fartsy movement, when there were three guys on a terrible mic in their basement drinking beer. They came in with that quality when my early shows were absolutely awful sound-wise, right? Where we're eight years ago or five years ago or even three years ago when they were coming in and they were finding independent podcasts pre-NPR, And the sound quality wasn't always great, and maybe that's what they liked about it. Maybe that was endearing because it didn't sound like radio. And that's a smaller group of listeners. That's what, let's let's give it 25%, and I think that's being generous. So we got that 25% of a whole, of a whole 100% of the potential listeners in the world that have come in under the art, art, under the art set, right? The, they're coming in for the raw and, and really what we wanted, what we saw podcasting as 10 years ago. Then we have now the new group of listeners, and I think this, this, and this is going to be the much larger group of listeners going forward, who are coming in on NPR. That's the first thing they listen to. NPR or ESPN or one of the other highly produced, highly funded, 12 people on a staff doing one podcast, that's what they're coming into. So they're coming into a much higher quality than we've ever, than we've ever seen in this industry, right? It's a much higher quality because they have the money and the staff and everything to make it, make it work. Now, that doesn't mean the content's better. I'm just talking quality of production. So now we take a look at quality production because I think our content's every bit as good in many cases. But they got that quality of production. And now they're going down to our world of independent podcasters, the three guys in the basement with the beer. And they're going, wow, that really sucks. What I said after the messengers is they're not going to come down to us. The NPRs are not going to reduce their quality to make to become even with us. So as independents, I believe we have to step it up. I think now more than ever, we have to step up the quality of our content. We have to step up the quality of our production. However, we have to get that done. I think we're going to have to get that done for that new group of listeners coming in because that's what they expected from the beginning. The expectations were set on a whole new level. Well, absolutely. On my flight back, I was uh, reading a book on my my Kindle, and on my Kindle cover, I have a sticker for Podcasters Roundtable, I have a sticker for The Messengers, and a sticker for Congressional Dish. And so the fact that it said Podcasters Roundtable, I think, on it clued in the person sitting next to me, and it was this younger woman. She was all of probably, I don't know, 25. Uh, She's a nurse, and uh, she's like, I see you're kind of into podcasting, and so I kind of gave her my spiel and... and, uh, I said, what podcast do you listen to? And they were all NPR stuff. It was like um, mm-hmm. a turnaround. So then when she asked, you know, what do you listen to? And so I named a bunch of stuff. And I and she goes, oh, okay. And I said, but if you're looking for more shows, and I pointed her at things like Radio Lab, more NPR shows. I said, now, granted, I said, I would go into your app. And I said, search for nursing. I said, I bet there's a ton of shows. I said, because the, the great news about podcasting is anybody can do it. I said, and sometimes the bad news about podcasting is anybody can do it. I said, so you might find something you have to kind of sift through. I said, but the beautiful thing is, you know, there's, I, I guarantee you, there's at least three podcasts on, on nursing and things that only nurses talk about. And she's like, oh, I have to look into that. But it is one of those things that if she finds the three guys, one brain show, she's, she's just used to things sounding, and it's not so much the, 
the warm and sound of the microphone. It's just, to me, a lot of it's just organization. It's a mm-hmm. fact that people know what they're going to talk about. I just listened to a show the other day. It was a hockey podcast. And they started off, and they had this really nice intro with a, the deep voice guy, and it's, you know, Stan and Mike and Bill, and it's the whatever hockey show. And then they came on, and they literally had no idea what they were going to talk about. In fact, that was the beginning. That was like the first 30 seconds. Should we do the typical stuff, or are we going to go off the rails? And they just couldn't figure it out. And, and they went – I listened to probably two minutes, and they never, A, said anything about hockey – B said, here's what we're going to talk about today. It was like three minutes of trying to make each other laugh. And I just thought, that's just not going to cut it anymore. And I I realize why they're doing it, because they're kind of getting warmed up, maybe, to get ready for the show, which is fine. I understand that. Just don't leave it in your show. Cut it out when when you get to the main stuff. I've learned a lot from you, actually, and have changed many of our shows, too, because I've also been listening to, to the podcast radio show. And because of that, I actually have changed how we do things. Now, you've been on our Horses in the Morning show, and our Horses in the Morning show, our five-day-a-week live show, is really about Jamie and I. It's more of a radio show. Mm-hmm. And we have guests, and we talk about life and horses and everything. But we always came out talk, talking about us, and now we've changed that to immediately we come in out with a news story before we even get into our Daily Winnies and our conversation. So we're, we've kind of changed that a little bit because of what I've been hearing with you. And, and I've really changed the beginning of all of our shows because of what I've been listening to. I don't know that we have to have that super quality of, of microphone. It has to sound good. Right. It has to sound acceptable. But, but that quality of production of, of exactly what you said, knowing what we're going to say, getting to it. And that doesn't mean you can't have the, the Jamie and Glenn show where we're talking about horses and our lives and all of that. But as you know, from being on it, we have that down, down to a minute and then we know when we're moving on. Right. You know, we know what we're moving on to. You know, we kind of have a flow through the whole show and it's consistent. And I think that radio people, that was interesting too. I went to the one radio session with three DJs mm-hmm. and Sherry Lynch from the Bob and Sherry show, who I admired and was so excited to meet. She was my hero of meeting this week because she, we designed the Horses in the Morning show after their syndicated national show, after the Bob and Sherry show. That's what I designed it after. And I told her that. And she was the sharpest one on the crew, I think. And they've started podcasts, but they're doing it like podcasts. The other three guys were having a rocky road because they came in sounding like radio guys. Right. In a podcast. And they, they even admitted, we, we discovered early on that that wasn't working. Yeah. And they had the, so they're doing a learning curve too. That's the other thing I learned is they, they really are learning how to, how to play in our, our ballpark. And they're realizing it's a much different ballpark than they're used to. That is, uh, that's one of the things I, I, I liked about uh, Dan Class when he got inducted. He said, people, we, we need to remember that when we started this thing, it was really popular because it didn't sound like radio. And I was like, hmm, you know what? And, and by that, uh, you, you got to realize what he's saying. They're not so – because we did. I mean in 2005, the, the audio was horrendous. But it was the fact that people weren't doing traffic and weather on the tens and, you know, talking like this and doing the whole thing. And, you know, it was just normal people talking normal. So, uh, What do you think about the future? I think it's, you know, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. I think, I, I don't think we're going to see anything that's going to cause a hockey stick growth that we're all chomping at the bit for. I think it's just going to continue, you know, four or 5% a year if we're lucky. And that's what the numbers were showing. Nielsen and everybody else, every one of the organizations that have tracked radio for years is now going into podcasting. They're all tracking podcasting now. And I went to those sessions and that's what, that's what they were seeing. We were seeing steady growth. Yeah. And I, yeah. I'm worried that with all this, automation of of advertising 
that's not, you know, the Home Depots and the progressive insurance and nothing against those companies. But I, I've just heard horrible stories of I've I've heard horrible where somebody was uh, interviewing Sugar Ray Leonard and they said, um, hey, Ray, you know, who hit you the hardest? And he goes, ooh, you know, uh, th- that's a good question. 15 minutes will save you 15%. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and I was talking to the coolest. I can't remember his last name. He was from Germany and his name was Dirk. And I was like, that is such a cool name. I, I wish my name was Dirk. That's a great podcaster name, isn't it? It Dirk. is. And yeah. he was saying. That's a lot cooler than our name. Yeah. And, and he's bilingual. He's obviously he's here in the U.S. He's speaking English, but his you know, primary is he's German. And he said, but he was listening to a show in English. But the automation tool knew he was in Germany. And he said, in the middle of an English speaking podcast, it inserted an ad in German. And he goes, you have no idea what that does to your brain. He goes, because <laughs> you're just said, he goes, English, he goes, look, I understand it. But he goes, there's a little more thought involved sometimes because you'll throw in a word that I'm not quite sure what you meant. He goes, and then German came in and he goes, my brain just completely melted down. So I think that automation thing, it could be, you know, I like it. Be You know, people will say, oh, it's great because now you can. You know, you're getting paid for your entire back catalog in some cases, but I still think to me the the host red is the way to go. And I, I just think because I don't I don't see the the money coming in from those. It sounds like they're really. I just read a book and they said it was two dollars CPM. To me, that's just that's a I don't know that's highway robbery because it's supply and demand. We you know we're all starving for advertisers, and if everybody takes those, it's going to be a long time before there's not enough supply. So that we can then say, okay, now we have the demand, in, and now we can get them to jack up their price. That's going to take well, and we forever. have to. You have to think about your customers too, especially in my case. And I, it's yeah. funny you bring that up because this just happened yesterday. I got contacted by one of the podcast companies that's outselling advertising. Mm-hmm. I won't mention which one. And he said, you know, we'd like to advertise, and he knows I don't do CPM, so he's offering a flat rate hmm. for for a company that didn't say, was not a horse product, but it was a product that horse people could use. Okay. Okay. It, it was shoes. Said so, horse people. You know, we all wear shoes, right? right. But I, well, we've never done anything but horse products, and we have a lot. We have thirty-two sponsors right now. Wow. So we always have done just horse products. So I put it out to our auditors, our Patreon group, which is about three hundred. They have their own private Facebook page. Nice. And I, I, it's the best focus group in the world. So I put it out there. We're getting offers. We could use the money. You know, we're at about 60% full of advertising. We have another 40% to go, but it's not a horse product. And I even gave them the link to the product. And uh, I had 150 comments. Whoa. And it was very interesting. Most of them said, look, we want you guys to survive. Whatever you have to do, do it, right? Take the money while you can. That was a message through a lot of them. Right. But then there were some very thoughtful, very long comments about we like we support your advertisers because they're relevant to us. Mm. And we know that you test all the products. And everybody here probably knows that too. We test all the products. We have companies send us the products. We test them. If they don't work, we don't do them. But so they, this was a thread through the whole thing. Through all 150 comments was, we know we can trust you because you tell us the products work. Of those, 90% had bought products we recommended. So it was a bit of a dilemma for me at the end of reading all those comments because it really was a mixed bag. Some saying do it, but we might skip it. You know, we might fast forward through it. But they all were saying we don't fast forward through your regular commercials because they apply to us directly in our horses. So if you're in a niche, you have to be very careful to go take your advertising outside the niche. That's. But uh, it, do you see the dilemma oh, yeah. that I have with that? Yeah. 
And mm. and I heard I've never listened to I've I've listened to Joe Rogan on YouTube, but I've never listened to his podcast. And I hear how he's stuffing, you know, five, six minutes of nothing but commercials. And then he'll do like a two hour podcast with no commercials. So I get the idea, but I just think of the first time, you know, listener that's going really another commercial. Oh, wait, no, what another commercial. And, and I know we can fast forward, but I just, to me, that just seems not a great service to the advertiser because half those people probably are skipping through all those. And then it just, to me, you know, again, it's podcasting. You could do whatever you want, but I'm just kind of like, I don't know that I don't know that I would go that way. That's one thing we're changing too, as a result of you. Thank you very much. Um, is we're really changing our commercials around now, and we're really making them more conversational than we ever have. I tuned into our show and I heard Jamie, my co-host, talking, and it took me a minute to register that she was actually doing the commercial because it was so conversational. Nice. So if I, I congratulated her when I talked to her later in the day, I said I didn't even know it was commercial, and I knew there was a commercial there. So that's what we need, right? That's what we need. Yeah. Uh, and that works right there. Absolutely. Yeah. But okay, I think let's to end this. I think that I think it's exciting. I think it's more exciting than it ever has been. But I do think we have to be aware of our content. We have to be aware of our con- content a little more and our quality a little more because we need to attract that larger group coming in. That base is always going to be there of listeners that started with us. Right. But now the bigger group's coming in. And to attract them, we got to be good. And I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Well, Glenn, you can find him at horseradionetwork.com. And uh, thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Thank you very much. One of the coolest things about having your own podcast is you get to pick what your audience hears. And originally, I was going to have next week be an interview with Addy Saucedo from thepodcastplanner.com. And as I was editing that interview, I'm like, you know what? Glenn and I were just talking about not making your podcast sound like radio. That is not the idea here. The idea is to be organized, to be focused, so that when you press record, your audience gets the best you that you can deliver at that point. And I went, you know what? That's kind of what Addie and I are talking about. I interviewed her about thepodcastplanner.com. And to explain what the podcast planner is, I'm just going to play a quick commercial from Addie. I started podcasting back in 2012 when there was no podcasting manual. Sure, there's one or two books on the topic, but with no actual templates or checklists. Fast forward to 2016, still nothing. Well, I decided to change that. I've packaged my four years of experience into the podcast planner. All editions include the podcast compass, recording templates, conversation triggers, and more to help you with your podcast. Grab two free templates when you join the VIP email list or grab the complete planner by visiting thepodcastplanner.com today. Now, if you're thinking, I already have a podcast, I don't need to plan it. I'm telling you, I would still listen to this episode because there are times if we go to a sports analogy, because, well, I'm a guy and that's what we do. But I've heard those interviews where the coach goes, you know, we just need to get back to the basics. We need to get back to tackling. We need to get back to watching the ball into our hands. We need to get back to the basics. And so we're going to talk about planning your podcast, but there are some questions that you need to maybe be asking yourself about your show and about your audience. Here is my conversation with Addie Saucedo, who was nice enough to do this the day before she left for Ireland on vacation. And uh, we're talking the podcast planner. Addie Saucedo is with us today. So Addie, thanks for coming on the show. 
Well, thank you for having me. This is really exciting. You've been podcasting for quite a while, all the way back to 2012. Thepodcastplanner.com, what inspired you to start a, a guide for people that are launching their podcast? Well, it goes back to starting my podcast back in 2012. I love podcasting so much and I love, first it came from broadcasting because that's what I knew first. Uh, And then I saw podcasting as an opportunity to get to faster because at least then, and I think it still is the case, it's easier for men to be in the industry than it is for someone who's a woman coming up and they're young and there's just too many barriers. So I felt like podcasting was it. And I love podcasting. I love telling my voice, my, my sharing my voice giving my story and sharing other people's stories. But pod fading kept happening time and time again. So I just, I sat back and I said, well, you know what? I know how to edit. I know how to produce podcasts. Let me do that for others while I figure out my stuff. And while I was producing and editing other people's podcasts, I saw that they felt they faced the same thing. Very excited. And then they hit that threshold of, you know, 13 episodes in sometimes even seven episodes, and then they stopped. So I sat back, okay, they have the same issue. We get excited, but we pod fade eventually. And that happens for a couple reasons. Number one, um, you just get on the microphone and start recording whatever comes to mind. That only works to a certain extent, both for you and the listener, which that's what we do it for. And then two, we start to copy other people's formats, which again, that's not coming from a genuine standpoint. That's just going off of somebody else's, uh, that's somebody else's work and somebody else's passion of sharing their voice. So after sitting back thinking about, well, what's the quickest way, at least for me and for others that can get us into our creative mindset and just get on the microphone and share effectively what we have to say. So time and time again, I started you know, here's this little template I put together and then here's that little template. And then after doing that for quite some time, I've had a couple of people say, you should put this into a book form and share it with more than just those that you're working with. I was like, okay, let's try it. And I had to go through that whole journey of how do we, how do I even put a book together to make it happen? So that's pretty much where the podcast planner came from is just pod fading, trial and error, What's something that can help us put a plan together so that when it's time to get on the microphone, I know what I'm going to talk about. I know what I'm going to share. And my my message, my voice, and my purpose is consistent across the line. So it's easier to produce and put a podcast out there. And it's also easier for the consumer, the listener, to tune in time and time again. Because if you're not consistent they're not going to be consistent with you. They're going to be like, see you later. You don't, you don't know your stuff. I'm, I'm done with you. Unsubscribing or just straight out delete your podcast. Sure. Now you mentioned that you had pod faded on a couple shows. What were your reasons for pod fading? First show was topic. The topics were too broad and there was no structure. There was no foundation for me to fall back on. And then the other shows, it, it came timing and I was really podcasting as on the fly, no schedule, no boundaries to say, you know, Thursday is my recording day. And then whatever happens, then should there should be a structure in place. And I just, just go in on the fly, you know, I'll just record now. Oh, I'll just edit now. I'll publish. And then the cycle just keeps happening over and over. And podcasting isn't easy. It's, it's pretty much a job. We have, there's a lot of moving pieces as much as I love it. 
I felt like I had to have a structure in place to help support all these little structures that need to happen to consistently produce a podcast. And that's one of the cool things about the podcast planners. I was kind of leafing through it, looking at it. It is one of those things where there's so many different ways you can run. It's like, oh, I could do this. I could do that. Or, 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 oh, no, I know we could do this. And then that. And and so you have 8 million ideas. And what this really does is it helps you kind of pinpoint, okay, what is my message? What am I going to talk about? What do I expect my my listeners to, to think and feel? And you have something called the the podcast compass. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Uh, the podcast compass is pretty much your your general information of your show. And what I do along with the podcast compass, a compass guides us to our location. Well, this podcast compass guides us with our purpose, our goals, and whatever those goals are, you'll always have that in this It's two sheets inside the podcast planner. I think sometimes as we continue to podcast and podcast, maybe by episode 40, we're like, well, what are we, why are we doing this again? And, <laughs> you know, uh, I need, you need to just go back to that page or if, if you have it written down on your Evernote or somewhere digitally, you remind yourself why you're doing this. And if you need to pivot, you need to change that, then go, so be it. Like that's your podcast. But a podcast compass is all about having not just your basic information, But it also starts to structure a pitch. It starts to structure like, these are my goals. This is what this podcast is for. Here's the purpose. And I feel like when we're producing a podcast, those are so essential to know, why are we doing this? Who is it for? And here are the goals. And let's aim for all of those things in place. Uh, And it happens over time. We can't do this out of the gate, especially when somebody's completely new to podcasting and producing a podcast. It's a process. Like we always hear that saying, it's a marathon. It's not whatever the saying is. Yeah, it's not a sprint. <laughs> right. It evolves over time and you get these in place. But that's what the podcast compass essentially is. is here are the basic information, but what's your podcast? Who is it for? What are the goals? What's the purpose? And that's, I think, the fuel behind our voices. Well, and for me, when I hear you say that, that helps eliminate a lot of the hurdles that I see people like I have someone that was talking to me and they're really worried about sounding stupid. And I always say the only way you sound stupid is you release an episode where you sound stupid. I know it sounds kind of like, I don't know, uh, like I don't want to poke fun at anybody, but it's really easy to think that, but it's not live radio where it's going to go out and you go, Oh, I can't get that back. And so Mm -hmm. what this does is it basically helps you see right there on the page I'm not going to sound stupid because I'm going to talk about this, especially the whole identifying who your audience is. Uh, that's that's so key to that. If somebody says, I'm not sure who my audience is, what would you say to that person? Usually it starts with you. First, why did you even think about doing a podcast? And most of the time, our audience reflects who we are or who we used to be. And that's why we're doing the podcast, because we want to share whether it's entertainment we want to educate or inspire. That's generally where it falls into. Is it always going to fall into one of those three? Maybe not, but it's generally for the most part, one of those. And so just take a step back and think about why did you even come up with this idea and what, what's your curiosity behind it? Um, What do you want to explore when it comes to these topics? And then as a result, you start to map that out. 
your so-called person that you're, you're one number one listener starts to evolve out of all of those answers. And that's why I feel like the podcast compass comes into play because you start to really align yourself with here are the goals. Here's the purpose. Then that's, you can kind of see who that listener is. Like my listener is a person who needs to hear this because this usually who our number one listener is, is someone that reflects who we are or who we used to be. And that's what we're podcasting for. A couple episodes ago, I, we were talking about different things with podcast interviews. What if somebody wants to do an interview show? Is there anything in the podcast planner that could maybe help them get off the ground with an interview show? I think the number one um, mistake that people do with, po- with podcast interviews or any interviews is that they have a long list of questions and they want to get through them as if it's a drill. And it's not. It's more of a conversation so in the podcast planner, particularly, you'll see that they, there's room for three questions. I'm not, not telling the podcaster to have only three questions. I'm just having, having that focus, giving them the focus to say, here are the three highlighted topics I want to discuss. And that's where those are your highlights. You're moving the conversation into these highlights. So here's highlight number one. Here's highlight number two. You're moving the conversation in a certain direction And that's another key thing. Sometimes when you're interviewing somebody, they'll go off the rails and you're like, no, wait, come back. Like, I did not want to go there or I don't want this interviewee to go off into their own script. No, I want to come back to my conversation that I want to have with you and my audience. So always have at least three main topics you want to discuss to move the conversation in. And then that makes it easier for also the consumer. I think that's another thing when it comes to either interviewing or any type of format. Think of the experience when it comes to the listener. Uh, we get caught up in producing and producing from our perspective. But think about what type of experience are you giving your listener when it comes to your podcast? Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I always try to listen through the ears of my my listener and ask myself, I'll go like question by question and I'll mm-hmm. listen to the answer and go, okay, that answer, is that something that my audience is going to go, oh, wow, you know, I can't wait right. to try that or use that or things of that nature. I, I, recently, I just discovered your podcast and both myself and Jim Cullison went over, we did the total binge thing. We're like, oh, and I love them because they're, they're kind of short. They're right to the point, And I always walk away going, hmm, am I doing that on my podcast? And, or it makes me think about that. So check it out. You can find everything out at thepodcastplanner.com. But, so there was a time when you were promoting this before you had a podcast. And now there's been time after you've been promoting it with a podcast. Do you see kind of a night and day difference? Are you getting more interest now that you have a podcast? Definitely. The podcast, when it comes to having this podcast for the podcast planner, huge shift. And it didn't happen overnight, but I'm seeing a gradual change. Before the podcast, it was just the website and here's the product. Here's more about me. And then here, a few interviews here and there. Since the launch of the podcast, I'm getting more email subscribers. I'm getting more podcast subscribers, more sales on just about every channel that the podcast planner is available on. And I'm getting speaking gigs. It's very true when they say a podcast does amplify who you are and it amplifies what you're doing, whether that's from a personal brand standpoint when it comes to business. But it's not it's not going to happen overnight. It's just gradually starting to happen. Um, And these this is all a result of having the podcast podcast planner. (laughs) And I've been actually marking down, you know, since the podcast planner 
How many sales have I made? How many email subscribers have I had? What is changing? And when was it? It launched May 30th. So everything after May 30th, it's just, if, if I were to put it all on a graph, you would just see an incline uh, uh, happening. Not hockey stick, but it's just gradually. Well, the other thing that's that's in the podcast planner that I thought was pretty cool is not only do you have things there to, you know, have people get ready and, and pinpoint what they're going to say and who they're saying it for. You also kind of recommend that people do a bit of review. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So going back to the purpose and going back to why we're doing this and improving um, not only our message, our voice, also the experience for the listener is reviewing. And I think that two things happen. You start to journal your podcasting journey. And I think that's really fun. And that's kind of the planning and the geeky journaling aspect that comes out of me. I like to journal stuff, and especially when it comes to a certain journey. I think it's important to journal our podcasting journey because we get to see like, wow, I started here. Now I'm here. And that gives us encouragement. Not only that, it also helps us refine our content. So what went well on the last episode? So you list at least three things. And then what didn't go well that you can possibly work on? And some things can be fixed easily, like, okay, my dog barked. <laughs> what can I do to prevent <laughs> her from barking when I'm recording? Maybe I need to switch a schedule or, hey, maybe I can go put her in, in a different room where that's not going to happen. And then there's other things like, well, my voice is becoming very weak, so it cracks certain times throughout my recording. So maybe I should do more exercise to give that endurance to my voice. So there's different ways that we can look at our podcast when we're journaling through it. And that's pretty much what the review is. What went good? What didn't go well? What can you do to move forward? Then the other question is, how did, how was it received from your audience? This really starts to tap into what's working when it comes to the content. Are you resonating with the audience? Did you hit, you know, a certain point where they really loved it or they really hated it. <laughs> so this is where you tap into the kind of content that works best for them or doesn't. Answering that question takes about a little longer to answer. I would typically give two weeks because that's usually when you hear back feedback and you see stats coming in. You shouldn't always pay attention to stats, but there's, there is some data in some stats. So Knowing what's resonating with the audience helps a lot when it comes to our podcasting journey because we continue to serve them with those topics. And then any final thoughts? Again, it's about journaling your journey through the podcast. So just write down how you felt. Maybe you didn't like that episode because you were tired or you were feeling sick or you really loved it because it was a topic that was so challenging to you personally, yet you pushed through it and you got it out there. And you felt like you gave it your best. So like, that's pretty much what the review is. Any uh, future plans for the podcast planner? I would love to have it in a digital aspect. And that would be an app that we can all use, whether it's Android or it's iOS. I, I believe that it's important to have a physical version because I, th I think there's a certain magic that happens to just have it physically, write stuff down and let your mind flow freely without an editing tool, which when you get to the computer, you start to naturally edit as you go. But it's also important to have a digital aspect to support both the analog and digital. And I think that's podcasting in general. You have, we were just talking about gear a moment ago. We have some analog aspects to our podcast, but we also have a very digital 
uh, our podcast lives in the digital age. So you need to have both. So I'm working towards moving the podcast planner into a digital platform. But that's going to take some time. But that is the future. But in the meantime, and this is where I, I do not typically read actual physical books hardly anymore. I do it on the Kindle. But for me, if I want to brainstorm, I always do it on paper. There's something, I don't know what the, there's probably some science behind it, but the actual art of writing things down for some reason, seeing it in front of me, even though I could see it in front of me, if I typed it into a a word doc or something like that. But for me, at least if I'm brainstorming, I will always write it down on a piece of paper first because some of that stuff may not stay, but uh, I don't, do you have that kind of same reaction? Yeah, it, it helps a lot. Again, going back to my journey, I kept pod fading any podcast that I put out there, whether I really loved it or I just couldn't find the foundation. What's different now is that I have something physical and it I can see the calendar and I'll say, okay, here's my plan for October. Boom, map it out. As we speak, I have my content mapped out all the way to mid-December. Compared to th- three years ago, I didn't know what I was going to podcast next week. Um, so the podcast planner, you know, having that physical aspect just to see the calendar and just to write in the answers to these simple questions, you know, what are you going to tell your listener? Why are you interested in this topic? These little questions have helped me to quickly create the content that I want to put out there. And that's what it comes out to. When you get the podcast planner, it's not about me telling you how to podcast. It's about giving you these frameworks because when you come to that threshold of feeling stuck or not really knowing what to talk about, or you're feeling even bored with your content. The podcast planner has these frameworks to help you push through these uh, thresholds of like, okay, I'm, I'm on the edge of pod fading. You know, maybe I should just put the podcast away. No, you have these frameworks that give you a lot of freedom to tap into that creativity and that excitement once again that you've had from the very beginning. Well, you mentioned that you're now planned up through mid-December. How does, how does that make you feel? excited. (laughs) It's exciting for me because again, I I love podcasting and that was part of my struggle, not having that excitement stay as long as it has been now. So when I look at the calendar, I'm totally in tune with what I'm going to say and more ideas start to stir up on these said topics that I have planned out. I'm like, okay, okay. It just helps to really, um, I guess it's equivalent to growing like a flower or a plant. You, you put the seed there and I have these seeds all the way through December. And from now between as I get through these episodes, these seeds have grown over time into these stems and these they're blooming flowers or whatever you have in mind to plant. So it just makes the recording a lot more exciting for me to get on the microphone. There's no guesswork. There's no stress because, oh, man, maybe I didn't say that right or maybe I didn't do enough planning to get my message out. I believe that we should put out our best work and that's where editing comes in play and that's where some planning comes into play and your excitement. So when you have those three working for you, that's where I feel like this planning just works, especially for me and and others that have testified that it does work for them too. You mentioned stress there because I know there are times, a lot of times with this show, I have no idea what I'm going to talk about on Thursday. Yeah, and I'm thinking, okay, this is going out on Monday. It's Thursday. I still don't have a clue. And I've always been very lucky via my audience, via people, via technology and news. There's usually something to talk about that I, I find, and I'm I'm not just putting out a show just to put out a show. Because like right now, for the first time in a long time, 
I have two weeks planned ahead of time that it's already recorded. It's set to go. And that's the thing I, for me is I just love the fact that I'm not freaking out going, Oh, what, what am I going to do? What's the next thing? So I can only imagine being scheduled out till December and be like, okay, well I can go on vacation, <laughs> which is kind of what you're doing. So there, <laughs> that's even better. Um, yeah. And then that, that's just to tap into that. You're removing that stress. And when you remove that stress, you allow yourself to be more creative and more excited when it comes to any other topic that you're going to record next. And then you allow yourself to also communicate more effectively with your audience and they can hear your excitement. They can hear the peace and not the stress. And like, uh, that's the thing with our voice. It, it's so intimate. So it tells the listener a lot of what's happening when they hear your voice. Well, and the other thing that when you know what's coming next week, now you can do a tease for next week, which is even better because that person that's listening to maybe two episodes now and you say, oh, and next week we're going to be talking about so-and-so. And they're like, oh, that's, I'm really glad, you know, I'm, I'll, I can't wait for that episode to come out. They're, I would think they're more inspired now to go, you know what, I'm just going to subscribe because I've listened to two already. Those were good. Sounds like next week's going to be good. So instead of having to come back to the website, I'm just going to subscribe because this person seems to have their act together. I, I To me, it just sounds like a win-win, which would then lead to more downloads, which leads to more subscribers. Less stress, more downloads, more subscribers. Sounds like a win-win all the way around. Uh, Anything else we should throw in here before I let you run out the door to uh, Ireland? When it comes to podcasting, especially right now, it is getting some high traction. It's important to put a little work into it. You know, think about who is it for? Why are you doing this? Put a schedule to support the podcast. That That alone, those three steps will set you apart from a lot of other podcasters. And that's what's important right now is to be consistent, to know who you're talking to and to know your purpose. So have those in place and you'll stand out from the crowd. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Addie. Well, thank you for having me. There you go. It's time to bring our podcast up a little bit. And we can do that by focusing on our audience, figuring out what do they want to hear, giving it to them. And if you, this is a a book that's on Amazon. So if you'd like to buy it, it's currently thirty seven ninety nine. You can go out to schoolofpodcasting dot com slash five eight three, or just go to schoolofpodcasting dot com. The podcast planner will take you right there. And if you're looking to do more than plan your podcast, we well, can come over to schoolofpodcasting dot com slash start. Use the coupon code listener, and not only will you get a planning your podcast course but you'll have a course there on how to choose your gear, how to build your website, how to submit your podcast to iTunes and Google Play Music and TuneIn and Stitcher and all those points in between, how to grow your audience, how to communicate with your audience, all points in between. And not only do you get those courses, but you also get live coaching twice a month. We call those office hours and access to a private Facebook group. Again, just go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code listener. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside. Now, I said this last week, and for lack of a better phrase, it got bumped to uh, next week. But I was uh, at Podcast Movement, and Sean Park from Be Your Own Nerd over at beyourownnerd.com brought over the Yellow Tech IXM microphone but it's not just a microphone it's a portable digital recorder 
And uh, we will be playing a clip from an interview we did from the podcast movement floor using that microphone. It's an interesting piece of equipment. It is not a cheap piece of equipment, but I'll be uh, playing you a clip from that in the very near future, in theory, next week. So thank you so much for tuning in and also be giving you my thoughts on Podcast Minute Atlantic. As I literally just got back from that, I'm going to uh, probably do that next week as well. Thanks to everybody that I met at Podcast Minute Atlantic. It was a really cool conference. And uh, if I met you, please reach out to me, Dave at schoolofpodcasting.com. I'd like to continue keeping those conversations going. And if I've never met you, my email, Dave at schoolofpodcasting.com. Let's start a conversation and get you podcasting. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you again real soon with another episode of the School of Podcasting. Bernie says hi. Seriously, you know, some people, it's all about them. It's all about them. And uh, until next week, clap. Yes. Okay, Bernie says bye. Anything else you want to chime in with, buddy? I mean, I'm literally almost done. You couldn't stay shut up and you couldn't stay shut up. You done could. Yeah, I know. All right. Anything else you want to chime in? No, you're good. Can I end the show now? All right, Bernie says I can end the show. So, again, coupon code listener. We'll see you again next week. Until then, take care. Class is dismissed. Take care and God bless. And since the launch of the podcast, many things have been happening. I'm getting asked to go get some speaking gigs happening. (laughs) (laughs) UPS is here. That's all right. Yeah, somebody's here. My dog's barking. That is a big dog. This podcast is part of the Power of Podcasting Network. Find it at powerofpodcasting.com. Changing the world, one download at a time.